You are listening to the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Your host here, Eve Vanderbilt, with his trusted canine co-host, Woody, where we bring it to you raw, unfiltered, with no chaser. Hey, Woody. Do you notice I got up really early this morning? I know. I know. You didn't like when I got up early. I did, ladies and gentlemen. I got up really early. I think like 2.30 in the morning. Just couldn't sleep. So I got on uh, Twitter and started having some fun. And I got to tell you, you got to check out my Twitter feed, the PBL podcast, at the PBL podcast. And man, this whole Eric Swalwell spy thing, I mean, I've been having a lot of fun with this because this is about as juicy and delicious and ironic that it gets. I mean, it doesn't get any more, any better than this from ES highlighting what a complete bunch of hypocrites that the left is, the Democrats. Hey, thanks for listening to this segment of the PBL Podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. Of course, E. Vanderbilt here with his trusted canine co He's down there, by the way. Woody, Woody, how you doing? Woof, I know, I know. I woke you up early, Woody. I'm sorry. We go downstairs. We fire up the phone, get on some Twitter, have a cup of coffee, and just blast away. There is so much out there with this Twitter thing with uh, Eric Swalwell. So let's go over some of the details with, with Eric Swalwell. So if you haven't heard, he's caught up in a spy gate scandal. Well, not spy gate. That's another whole thing. He's caught up in a Chinese spy scandal. And it's, well, it's kind of funny, actually. So let's get into some of the details. And here it is. And political rep Swalwell says Trump criticism behind spy story. The California Democrat says the president is trying to make him look bad. So how does the president trying to make this guy look bad? Well, here is how the president is trying to make this guy look bad. This is from Axios. They, I, I believe they were the ones that broke the story originally. Now a lot of people obviously have the story. Here's the headline. Exclusive suspected Chinese spy targeted California politicians. So uh, dated uh, December 8, 2020, Bethany Allen, oh, Abrahamian, you know the names, I'm bad with names, Zach Dorfman, that one's easy, of the Aspen Institute wrote this. So a suspected Chinese intelligence operative developed extensive ties with local and national politicians, including a U.S. congressman in what U.S. officials believe was a political intelligence operation uh, run by China's main civilian spy agency between 2011 and 2015, Axios found in a year-long investigation. So a year-long investigation, and they're, they're looking into these Chinese spying in our country, and it was all on Democrats. It was all the Democrats. Why is that? Why do you, I mean, look at where we are with the Chinese. Okay, now, a, a, you know, I've been watching this for a while now. I've been talking about the Chinese for a while now. They are a threat, and they are a major threat. The Chinese government is extremely methodical in what their goals are, and they are also long-term players. They don't come in for a quick hit pun intended with Eric Swalwell here in the Chinese spy, which we'll get into. Uh, they don't come in for that. What they want, they, they're in the long game. They're playing the long game here. Uh, president Xi, who uh, is the president of China, communist, not really president, he rules, right? He's the top guy in the Communist Party of the Chinese. Communist Party. So a while back, he outlined his goals for China. And at the time, one of the goals were by 2021, they wanted to have uh, $10,000 U.S. dollars translated in uh, GDP per capita. And 
Now, at the time, the United States GDP is about 60,000, 60, 60 to 65,000, so quite far away from where America is. And, but they, their goal, because they're very methodical, by 2021, they wanted to have $10,000 GDP per capita in their country. Well, they, they achieved that goal last year in 2019. So they've exceeded their goal. Now, why, why 2021? Well, because they want 2021 because it's the 100th anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party. Well, there you go. Uh, now, now that's not all. That's not all because that's, that's not achieving their ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is by 2049 to be the economic superpower of the world, the dominant economic superpower of the world in 2049. Now, why 2049? Again, so if you listen to the show regularly, you already know this. The reason 2049 is because that's the 100th anniversary of the current Communist Party. Because in 1949, there was a civil war between communist fractions and the party that's in power now is the ones who they were the winners their 100th anniversary of winning that civil war is in 2049 so president z has set forth very specific goals and 2021 i've already told you what that goal was they've already achieved that they've exceeded that goal and 2049 their goal is to be the economic superpower of the world so now they've got that goal on their whiteboard so to speak now they got to start planning how they're going to win that goal. Now, how do you do that? You want to be the economic superpower of the world. There's several ways you do it. You do it either through pure economic um, uh, processes, programs, driving up your GDP through trade, uh, through tariffs, I guess, taxes, however, right? But primarily through trade, right? But if you've got an economic superpower like the United States of America, who's just a powerhouse, has been since, you know, post-World War II, how do, you, how do you knock them down? How do you beat them? Well, you beat them by knocking them down. So now how do you knock them down? Well, I don't know. Maybe this virus is part of it. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying. Could this virus that has been unleashed to the world via the Chinese, part of bringing the rest of the world down to build China up? Because China's on fire right now economically. But, I, you know, that's a whole other story for another topic, another day. Uh, but you need to know what's going on in, this, in the country that is your, your rival, if you will. I wanna, I, let's not say enemy. But although China is our enemy, make no mistake about it. China wants to hurt us economically to build themselves up economically. That's part of their plan. So you infiltrate. You infiltrate at the highest levels of their government. Now, which government, you're a communist power, you're a communist party, which, which, which political party in the United States do you look at? Oh, Republicans, I'm going to look at those guys, oh, free trade, no, most of them are either former business people and, uh, you know, they're not really, they don't really group together because they, they tend to work independent of each other and they, they do, oh, they do want capitalism and, you know, they're about increasing, so no, no, I don't know if we can do that. Now, let's look at the Democrat party over here. Ooh, they're not too bright. Uh, they've got communist radicals that have infiltrated their party since the 1960s. Uh, they're very group thought oriented, so you can get them all on the same page. So, hey, let's target the Democrat Party because they're about as close to communists in America that you can find. So they did that. And so Axios did this investigation for a year long, and here's 
what they found. And it, I, I mean, this stuff, you can't, you know, the hypocrisy of the left, it's just amazing. So why it matters this is from the Axio article. The alleged operation offers a rare window into how Beijing has tried to gain access to and influence U.S. political circles. Remember, they just went after Democrats. While this suspected operative's activities appear to have ended during the Obama administration, concerns about Beijing's influence operations have spanned President Trump's time in office and will continue to be a core focus for the U.S. counterintelligence during the Biden administration. Now, Axios, by the way, is not a right-leaning publication. They're, they're kind of center-left. So uh, they don't have any benefit here for Trump, right? They're not, they're not going after Trump on this. This hurts the Democrats. It absolutely hurts the Democrats because they're just, this investigation, it just happens to be Democrats that they infiltrated, right? It just doesn't have to be Democrats. They were targeted. The Democrats were targeted by the communist Chinese because that's the easiest target. If you want to get influence, look at, I'll go back. Well, I was going to mention this a little later, but I'll mention it now. Diane Feinstein. Diane Feinstein was has been in Congress since I think dirt has been around, right? And Diane Feinstein's driver, her driver for 20 years was a communist spy. For 20 years, Diane Feinstein's running around in her car. I'm looking for the story, so if you're on the video watching me and you left this go look he's looking at those notes he can't look at the camera it's because i'm looking for the story i read stories ladies i read stories all right so diane feinstein for 20 years and what i'm trying to find out here this is what she was diane diane feinstein had a chinese spy on her staff for 20 years uh now this story that i'm reading to you was published august 10th of 2018 so for 20 years, so we're going back to, what, 1998? Uh, he was Feinstein's driver in San Francisco, and she led the Intelligence Committee. He reported to China's Ministry of State Security. Did you know about this? See, I knew about this. But the media, they didn't tell you a lot about this. Uh, Feinstein acknowledged the infiltration but downplayed its significance. Of course she did. Now, this is, again, in 2018. We, you know, the media didn't make much hay of this. Now here we are in 2020 and we've got another one. And this is all in the Bay Area, by the way. If you didn't know, Feinstein used to be the mayor of San Francisco. So this is all in the Bay Area area. That's where Swalwell is as well. So Feinstein acknowledged the infiltration but downplayed it significant. Five years ago, the FBI informed me it had concerns that an administrative member of my California staff was potentially being sought out by the Chinese government to provide information, Feinstein said in a statement, which means the breach took place while Feinstein was heading the intelligence committee. But Feinstein insisted he never had access to classified or sensitive information or legislative matters and was immediately fired. In other words, junior staff, no policy role, no access to uh, secrets, quickly fired, no big deal. That's what they're saying. And that's how the media played it. But here she is driving around for 20 years with somebody, with a Chinese spy, basically, with a Chinese spy, driving around 20 years with a Chinese spy, and who knows what he heard? I mean, you. I mean, I'm sure she was on the phone a lot of times in the car, right? I'm sure that she was sitting there and uh, having all these conversations because she trusted this guy. He was his driver, her driver for 20 years, and that BS answer she gave us. Come on, 
please. She was on the intelligence committee. He heard and knew a lot. We don't know because she won't tell us what kind of relationship they had, whether she actually did share sensitive information with him. I mean, he was her driver for 20 years. But I digress. Let's go fast forward to where we're at now. Again, this Axios article, the women, the woman, I'm sorry, the woman at the center of the operation, a Chinese national named Fang Fang or Christine Fang targeted up and coming local politicians in the Bay Area and across the country who had the potential to make it big on the national stage. So through campaign fundraising, extensive networking, personal charisma, and romantic or sexual relations with at least two Midwestern mayors, Fang was able to gain proximity to political power, according to current and former U.S. intelligent officials and one former elected official. So Fang uh, befriended and started helping Eric Swalwell when he's a local council member in the Bay Area. I'm not sure what, which city. I don't know if it was San Francisco, Oakland, whatever. Beautiful, beautiful area. Beautiful, absolutely stunning. Uh, but here he is, this up-and-coming council member, and Fang Fang, all of a sudden, is like giving him all kind of attention, helping him raise money, and <laughs> which you know, it just this stuff is just amazing. And so, for what five years, he's interacting with this woman who is a Chinese spy. Now, the thing about it is, the FBI caught on to her, and what happened to her? Well, poof, she disappeared just like that. Boom, gone. Allegedly went back to China, but poof, like that, it was gone. And the FBI, they told Swalwell, uh, it says here, a statement from Swalwell's office provided to Axios said Rep Swalwell long ago provided information about this person whom he met more than eight years ago and whom he hasn't seen in nearly six years to the FBI. So in 2015, Fang Fang, poof disappeared in 2016 something happened in our country oh i think it was donald trump he won the election in 2016 and became our president in 2017 and for what how many of those years oh all of them swalwell sitting there talking about how trump is an agent of russia a russian asset the russian scandal this the russian scandal this when this asswipe who is known as Eric Swalwell, knew damn well he was caught up in a spy ring himself. He was infiltrated by the Chinese. And here he is talking about Trump being infiltrated by the Russian. I guess it's that old uh, schoolyard taunt, takes one to know one. I think that's where we are with Swalwell takes one to know it now this is fast this is a great this story here tells you all you need to know about media, but this is I mean the irony drips here. Donald Trump Jr. accuses senior Democrat Eric Swalwell of sleeping with Chinese spy after honey trap revealed to have ta targeted politicians, including older Ohio mayor who said he was teaching her English. That's right. The Ohio mayor said he's teaching her English. I'm going to rip on that in a minute. But Donald Trump Jr. accused Democrat reps Eric Swalwell of sleeping with a Chinese spy following a bombshell report about a counterintelligent probe of an alleged spy who targeted politicians in California and around the country. Axios reported Tuesday on a U.S. probe of the Chinese spy effort carried out by a woman named Fang Fang who cultivated ties with U.S. politicians over a period stretch of four years. Uh, the effort included her successful 
they wrote this, not me. The effort included her successful effort to forge connections with Swalwell when he was a Bay Area council member. She did fundraising for his 2014 congressional campaign and according to the story was able to help place an intern on his staff. She helped place an intern on his staff. <laughs> you know, I'm, I, 2020, it, it's a book. We're all living in a book written by Tom Clancy 20 years ago. It, it just has to be. This can't be real. Uh, the story, from the story, the story does not report any romantic or personal relationship between Swalwell and the woman, although it does say U.S. investigators discovered her having sexual relationships with two unidentified mayors from the Midwest while U.S. authorities were monitoring her. So those U.S. authorities, by the way, with FBI. So the uh, FBI is monitoring Fang Fang, and Fang Fang is uh, out there. You know, she's bang banging a couple of uh, Midwestern mayors. They don't say who the mayors are, by the way. Uh, and and they, they don't say that Swalwell was being bang banged by Fang Fang, but they just say Swalwell had Fang Fang in his um, friendship or in his circle, and that Falwell or that Fang Fang. Uh, placed an intern on Swalwell, Swalwell's staff, uh, and Swalwell provided info to the person, to the FBI, about the person who he hasn't seen in nearly six years, but he knew he had somebody who was a spy who infiltrated his inner circle, and yet went on to talk about how Donald Trump was an agent for Russia. I mean, the irony here. I mean. And where's the media? Where's the mainstream media? Uh, you know, I'm surprised Axios did the investigation because Axios, again, they're, they're not far, far left, but they're center left. Now, here's a funny story. Uh, <laughs> I hope it's funny. When I read it, I thought it was funny. So let's see if I say it out loud. It's funny. This is from the New York Post. Suspected Chinese spy reportedly slept with courted U.S. officials to gain intel. She was a Chinese Matahari who allegedly slept with at least two Midwestern mayors while cozying up to a slew of polls across the country in a bid to infiltrate U.S. political system. Slew of polls, huh? Hmm. Anyway, they don't say who the mayors are. And uh, but they do give a little detail Fet fetching across Chinese government spy Fang Fang, a.k.a. Christine Fang, entered the U.S. through California's college students, which where they all come from uh, or I say all. But that just seems obvious. You know, the Chinese come here to go to college. Some are spies, apparently. Fang Fang was and spent the next four years wooing everyone from local politics to U.S. congressmen. That would be one Eric Swalwell, uh, said the website Axios. That's where they're pulling their information from. Among the polls who Fang got close to was California Democrat Rep. Eric Swalwell, and she also once helped raise funds for Rep. Tulsi Gabbard. You know, I haven't done any research on Tulsi Gabbard uh, about for this story, but uh, if she's sleeping with all these men, well, anyway, I don't want to get into that. Let's just go on. Let's go on. Let's finish this story. She was on a mission, the New York Post goes on to write. A U.S. counterintelligence official said Fang, and it included plenty of seduction before the feds got wind of her antics, and she vanished in 2015. The idea was for Fang to maneuver herself, maneuver, I mean maneuver, maneuver herself into key government circles and or positions, apparently, and sometimes politicians' beds to gain personal information about them while ingratiating herself with unwitting potential up-and-coming heavy hitters intelligence sources told Axios. Uh, U.S. officials know at least two mayors who had romantic relationships with Fang, uh, likely now in her 30s or 40s. Uh, the accused spy had sex with an Ohio mayor in a car 
and an incident caught on FBI electronic surveillance, an intelligent official said. The mayor asked, this is funny. I mean, this is just funny. You got it. This is what I'm about to tell you. It's just funny. The mayor asked Fang at one point <laughs> why, why she was into him. And she allegedly replied that he needed to improve her English. Or is that English? I'm not sure. And, I mean, uh, is he teaching her English while she's, you, uh, you know, I mean, you cannot make this up, man. Why are you into me? Well, I just want you to help me improve my English. Well, okay, well, let's have sex then. <laughs> That's cool. You know, okay. So I don't know about you, but I uh, suspecting women that come up that want to improve their English, they approach you and they said, I would like to improve my English. Uh, let's get in the backseat of your car. So <laughs> I love it. The mayor asked him at one point. I mean, the mayor asked Fang at one point why she was into him. Dude, if you got to ask that question, you're a mayor and she's like a Chinese college student and she's probably asking you all kind of other questions too, I'm sure, because she just wanted to improve her English. So another U.S. mayor described as older and from an obscure city in the Midwest called Fang, his girlfriend at a conference in Washington, D.C., former Cupertino, California mayor Gilbert Wong told Axios. I'm sorry. That's just Wong of me. I know. I shouldn't laugh. I shouldn't laugh. Wong, who was present at the gathering at the time, said the besotted mayor insisted the pair's relationship was the real deal, despite her their age difference. So I don't know what's wrong with that. Do you? He just wanted to learn English. Anyway, so this this Chinese spy, and you know, I, there's a picture of her. I, the stories will be in the show notes. She's not unattractive. She's not drop dead gorgeous. But you know, these are Democrats we're talking about. It doesn't take much for these guys. Now, the bigger story here is, and this was blown up on Twitter as well, is uh, that Eric Swalwell was involved with a woman. Hmm. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> we thought otherwise, right? So anyway, I mean, Eric Swalwell is married. Not that that really matters, right? But then, you know, could it be that is the story invented? Did Swalwell invent the story because, you know, people thought he was gay? Not that there's anything wrong with being gay, but being married apparently didn't prevent people from thinking he was gay. So maybe he had to invent a story of a female spy. I'm just kidding. That is so wrong of me. Uh, so wrong. I just want to learn English. I, that is so wrong of me. In other news, has anybody checked the intern roster for Rep. Adam Schiff to see if there's any college A's male Chinese interns that worked for him at the same point in time. It would definitely not be females with that one. So, I mean, this is, uh, it, it, I kid, I joke, but this is, this is this serious stuff. This man sits on the Intelligence Committee, if, if I understand correctly. Now, several have been calling for him to step down. I think, uh, uh, let's see, who is the leadership in um, uh, the House? McCarthy? McCartney? I think he's, he's calling for Swalwell stepped down because he was infiltrated by Chinese spies and he sits on the intelligence committee. That's the information they want. So absolutely he should sit, he should step down. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was the one who put him on that committee. She should absolutely pull him off of that committee. And then also um, uh, Tucker Carlson did a segment on this the other night as well too. And when they called Swalwell's um, team and asked, did he have sex with her? Did he have sexual relations with her? Uh, they said they can't answer that because it's a matter of national security. 
is the man that good or that bad? I don't know. But I mean, I know, I know. That's very Wong of me. Very Wong. She was just wanting to learn English. I get it. Totally, totally, totally legitimate. I tell you, people, you can't make this stuff up. The world is going topsy-turvy crazy on us. We got spies in the Democrat Party, which is not surprising. I challenge any one of you, any one of you, that is surprised that the Chinese uh, infiltrated the Democrat Party. Now, there may be the Chinese have paid off people in the Republican Party. So there, there's a lot of money the Chinese have thrown out. The, the moral of this story, or the gist of this story is, is China is our enemy. They are actively pursuing information to, to topple America. They want to bring the United States of America down. Apparently she wanted to go down, but that, I know, I know that was Wong. That was Wong. That was so Wong of me. I, I apologize for my English. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And by the way, is this bigoted of me doing this? Absolutely. I'm a bigot. I admit it, but it's also kind of funny, kind of funny, at least to me, maybe not to you. I don't know, but all right, let's move on from this story. I'm going to wrap this up with a couple of other uh, stories. Did you hear about the one in the Santa, the mall, the wa- the woke mall Santa? Uh, where was this? I think it was somewhere in Illinois is the Santa, and one, there's, there's social distancing, right? They're sitting across the table. You have to sit across the table to talk to Santa. And uh, the, guy, the kid asked for a Nerf gun. And the Santa, he goes, uh, what did Santa, I want to give you the quote of what Santa said. Uh, no guns, not even a Nerf gun, Santa can be heard saying, nope, if your dad wants to get it for you, that's fine, but I can't bring it to you. So the kid, I guess, cried. He was pretty upset. Mom trying to console the kid. And I think he was eight-year-old. I got a nine-year-old boy. I get it completely. I mean, my, my kid, he would have probably been funny. Would have, I mean, I, who knows what would have come out of the mouth of my babe. But anyway, uh, this Santa, and he was a jerk when he said it. If you watch the video, and I'll put the uh, link to it in the show notes, I mean, he was just an asshole. A Santa hole is all he was. And so they're at a table. I mean, you got a social distance from Santa, people. Santa. 2020 go away and so the kid i guess was upset mom said look son don't worry about it that's not the real santa well the mall that this happened in um one up or 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 paid off or what's the word i'm looking for um made it up and they sent another santa to the kid's home his house santa made a house call and brought him a nerf gun so and he even did a magic trick it was really cute so the mall realized that this is not not either they realize it's not who we are or this is a bad pr move for us and we got to do something about it either or they did the right thing they they fixed it they corrected it you saw and i'll again i put i'll put in my show notes the video of the kid getting the nerf cam the nerf gun from the the new santa and the santa even did a magic trick and I, it was just i mean it was a touching story but it's just sad sad that we had to get to this point and it's sad that this is where um i mean we're so woke in this country and you know even businesses right now are so worried about being politically correct that it's just you know, are, can we survive this? It's just, ah, 
I'm, I, it's so frustrating. I came out of the world of retail at one point in time. I know what customer service is, good customer service, connecting with people. That's not connecting with people. In other retail news, see my segue there? That's why I did this, this is my segue. J.C. Penney's emerges from bankruptcy. You probably, if you didn't know they weren't in, they were in bankruptcy, it probably didn't surprise you given how difficult this environment has been for big box retailers. Uh, Sears is about done, but Sears kind of shot themselves in the foot. But big box retailers like Macy's have not been able to find their niche in the world, in this new online shopping world that we have. They brought in a guy from Apple to be the president, failed miserably, went into bankruptcy. But what's curious here is who brought them out of bankruptcy because they've emerged from chapter 11, I believe it was. And the entities that bought them are mall property managers, Simon being one of them and Brookfield Property Partners being the other. What, what's interesting, you know, J.C. Penney's, and by the way, my, my father-in-law, has, I used to work for them and actually met Mr. Penny of J.C. Penney's. But uh, here it says in an article from Fox News, on Monday, the 118-year-old company announced the sale of its retail and operating assets to the two companies, to two companies has been finalized. Under the agreement, the company will operate under new ownership while still using the J.C. Penney banner. I find this fascinating who the new ownership is, Simon Property and Brookfield Property Partners. So these are the property owners where the J.C. Penney stores are. So this is an interesting move, and I'm going to be curious to watch this one. It's either brilliant or it's going to just blow up on them because if pennies went under and filed chapter, what is it, 13, it's liquidation. I can't remember if it's a 13 or 7. Anyway, if they filed the bankruptcy to liquidate, those stores would be shuttered, and they're still going to shutter quite a number of stores. I think like a third of the stores they're going to close down. But if they would have shuttered all those stores, these property management companies would be left holding this property. And trying to find somebody to lease to that right now has been a bit of a challenge for a lot of these mall retailers. So now if you look at it, this lowers the operating cost of JCPenney's because now they, now they still got to pay rent. Don't get me wrong. That's not how the world of business works. They're still going to have a P&L and they're still going to have to pay. But the owners now are the ones that they got to pay so they can significantly lower those payments. So there's a lot of tax implications here. So this is a fascinating development, in my opinion, just because I came out of that world, that the property managers just bought out of um, bankruptcy a major uh, iconic, iconic retailer in the United States, 118 year old company. So I, I, I hate seeing businesses go under, especially businesses like JCPenney and Sears. I hate seeing them struggle because they are icons in America. I mean, if you're familiar with past one, uh, a past company called Montgomery Wards, some, you know, maybe you're familiar with them or not. This is a long time ago, but they went out of business years ago and they used to be the leader in their category. And the reason they went out of business is they didn't innovate. They didn't change with the times. Along comes Walmart, just knocks them out. Macy's changed with the times, although they struggle as well. Uh, but this is an interesting, interesting development, at least, again, in my opinion, just because I came out of that world. Uh, again, I'm doing some hit, quick hit news items here. Uh, another one that just came out across my table is the FDA has approved a COVID vaccine from Pfizer. But this... Uh, you know, not so sure about this one. This, um, the FDA says Pfizer's COVID vaccine is safe and effective, but trial participants warm, warn of intense symptoms after second shot. And I was like, huh? 
Second shot? I mean, the first shot's bad enough. Now you're going to hit me with another shot? But this is what one of the, uh, the um, participants had to say. Uh, one Pfizer trial participant told CNBC that after the second shot, he woke up with chills shaking so hard he cracked a tooth. It hurt to even just lay in my bed sheet, he said. Second shot, shaking, cracking teeth. This doesn't sound good, ladies and gentlemen. This doesn't sound good at all. Second, I'm going to take two shots? I mean, less than 5% of the population is infected with this that we know of. And we probably, or that's actually probably pretty good, uh, a solid number, given that almost 170 million Americans have taken the test to see if they have this thing. So I, ew, this just doesn't sit well with me. And now there's another story that I read a while ago that the government is offering, potentially going to offer a spiff for you to take the vaccine. So if you take the vaccine, they'll give you $1,500 as part of the, the stimulus package, I think, is how they're tying it in. I don't have that article to pull it up for you guys, but the, the government's going to pay you to take this. You got to take two shots and the side effects look to be pretty rough. I mean, uh, cracking, shaking so hard, he cracked a tooth. Ooh, we're going to need more information on that one. I mean, let's keep that one in the hopper and see what happens with uh, these trial runs. You know, I reported the other day that the first person in the UK took it, some 90-year-old lady who looks 70, by the way. She looks really good. And if you follow Twitter... Uh, there's some uh, doubt that it was actually her because her picture seems to show up in other stories. I don't know. I don't trust the media, so it's easy for me to believe that's just not true. One last story, and we'll wrap up this segment, which I know has been kind of a little bit all over the place, but hey, I'm having fun. I hope you're having fun. Summer of love, no more. Seattle Mayor Jenny Durkin makes a surprise COVID winter announcement. This is out of PJ Media by Victoria Taft. That's a lovely name, Victoria Taft. December 7th is when the article is written. Things are a little frosty for Seattle's summer of love. Mayor Jenny Durkin, the former U.S. attorney turned mayor, appears to be all chazzed out and announced she won't run for re-election in 2021. Duncan, Durkin, I'm sorry, infamously announced last summer that the takeover of part of Seattle by Antifa and Black Lives Matter radicals was really a good thing. Sure, homes and businesses owners felt unsafe and endangered, but Durkin told them to turn their frowns upside down. She appeared on CNN to tell a national audience that, in fact, the area run by angry radicals could turn out to be the summer of love instead of the hellhole that it was becoming. That's written here. So anyway, she decided not to run. Good thing, too, because I believe there was some opposition, but uh, that just means farther left radical will this beautiful city of Seattle turn. I mentioned a story yesterday how the city council is talking about passing a law that will not, that will not be illegal if you are a drug addict, mentally ill, or hungry and can't buy food to steal stuff and commit crimes, small crimes, I guess, petty crimes, that if you are destitute, again, if you are a drug addict, uh, mentally ill, or hungry and you can't afford food, it's okay to go into your grocery store and just take it. That's what the city council of Seattle is trying to do. And now the mayor of Seattle has announced she's not going to run. So this, don't think this is a good development because there's going to be even a more far radical mayor that will probably be put in place in Seattle. If you've got a city council, like I described yesterday, doing what they want to do, 
This is not a good development for Seattle. As radical as she was, maybe she was holding some threads together for the city, but she was a horrible, horrible mayor. If you watched what happened during that whole Antifa BLM thing, summer of love thing, how they just demolished the city. I think they took over, what, four or five blocks, called it Chaz, then changed the name to Chop, and there was people killed, raped, there was theft going on. It was just nasty. At one point in time, the police couldn't even get to their own precinct within Chaz, Chop, whatever they want to call it. So uh, we talked a lot about it here on the PBL podcast back in the day on that. Anyway, thanks for listening to this choppy segment of the PBL podcast, Politics and Brown Liquor. It is not the summer of love. It is the, what did Joe Biden call it? The winter, dark winter, winter of darkness. 2020 is almost over, ladies and gentlemen. Now, at this point in time, who knows what the hell 2021 is going to bring us. But here it comes. We're just weeks away. Hey, lots going on. This is going to be an exciting week. So keep your ears pierced to the radio, to the TV, watch the news. This is going to be an exciting week. Thanks for listening to this segment of PBO Podcast Politics and Brown Liquor. And remember, hit us up. Hit us up on our social media. Like, follow, share, subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. Right, Woody? Woof. I mean, come on, guys, you don't want to disappoint a dog. He's a great dog. I mean, don't. He don't want him being sad. You know, when he's sad, he's going to go. Anyway, thanks again for listening to this segment. PBO Podcast, politics. I already said that, didn't I? Brown liquor.